paused one might say as we're uh, recovering in big bear california after going through a couple of positive COVID 19 tests um among those is jordan himself he's currently doing very well in recovering everyone on the team is you know going through it with flying colors uh, but as a result obviously jordan is a little uh and not comfortable with podcasting currently so as a result we've decided to pot we've decided to pivot we're going to shift to having new conversations among the team and really do our best to highlight uh the kind of more out there experiences that everyone can bring to the table. For example, today we'll be starting with Zach Baxter, Jake Harrison, Ari Devine to talk about the experiences that they've had traveling as young adults, ways that they've managed to save money and travel sustainably while in a place of life that most people just don't think that they have the resources to really get out there and experience the world with. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to talking with them about how that those experiences have gone and any tips they can offer to the general public to make sure that you get out and see the world while you still got the energy to do so. And welcome back to another edition of the New Roads Podcast, typically with Jordan O'Donnell, but as we are in somewhat of atypical circumstances, we'll be going through the different experiences that a bunch of different members of our team have, and today we'll be focusing on all of the different experiences that Zach, Jake, and Ari have as far as traveling when young and um, financially lacking, one might say. Um, and yeah, so we'll have each of them introduce themselves and we'll get right into what it means to, what it means to travel, um, plan out your travel, execute it and, uh, get started with, and get started with takeaways and life experiences. Awesome. Thanks, Jonah. Uh, it's my first podcast, um, with new roads. I'm excited to be on, uh, behind the mic with my boy, Jakey, Jakey H. I don't know and if he's Ari. excited. <laughs> Yeah, he doesn't. He, he doesn't look like he's smiling or anything. Yeah, right I now. never smile. That's okay though. Yeah, but um, a little bit of background around me. So I uh, started traveling kind of when I was at a, a younger age, typically with family, and then kind of started off with like cruises and you know nothing, nothing too crazy. Um, and then when I got into like high school, actually it was when I graduated high school is when I first started going, Drug uh, rock, doing right. <laughs> yeah Drug solo trips or trips with um, friends that kind of got away from your typical family vacation. Um, so I think we, we all kind of just went over our countries. We've all actually been to 21. Uh, that's, um, but all in different areas of the world, which has been interesting. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's a lot to, I guess, talk about on the sense of like travel. For me, it's always about, uh, I won't talk too much about what we'll talk about and take away, but um, for me, it's just about experiencing the world and learning from people and uh, getting to see as much as I can. Um, and changing my mindset as I continue to see uh, how people live in different places in the world. Um, so that's a little about me. Uh, it's your boy, Crazy Z. Uh, just made that one up. That's going to go on the mic. Z. And uh, I'll pass it to Ari now. Yeah, I'd just like to point out that you said your boy Jake, and then I just got introduced with Ari, and my feelings were a little bit hurt by Safari that. Safari Ari. But that's who we're <laughs> dealing with out here, folks. It's mainly because you know we've been uh, we've been having a little bit of a battle recently. Ari Ari has been trashing me for the last week and a half, and it all started from a rap battle where she was just laying us all out, slaying us. Zach can't handle the heat, but back to travel. Um, so I lived in a really small town in New Hampshire for 18 years and had only been to Mexico a handful of times. And then when picking college, I decided to do my freshman year in Italy. And thus far, I've gone to college in five different countries. And during those three years, I've traveled to 21 different countries. And 
it really is like Zach said about changing your mindset and trying to expand your thinking and I think traveling is so so important and I'm a huge proponent of it and just looking forward to talking to y'all about my experiences and how to do it on a budget because man if you should see my bank account right now you'd be ooh, it's a little scary and off to Jake the caveman coming to you live from Club Velvet Studios in Big Bear how's everybody doing yeah, so uh, unlike these guys, I was uh, raised by a pack of wolves out in the woods. Um, and so, I mean, you know, just being a natural-born sender and traveler, which, you know, just it came natural to me. No, I'm just kidding. I had uh, pretty similar um, kind of experiences, you know, taking, like, family vacations and that sort of thing growing up. We actually did a lot of camping. Um, I was in the Boy Scouts where I learned a lot of kind of my outdoor skills and trip planning and stuff like that. You make meal plans for each of your weekend camping trips and such so i definitely got a, a i think i got a lot of my skills that i wouldn't really like think about like immediately from that time of my life um and then when i went to college and uh i was pretty bogged down with wrestling but once i quit wrestling sophomore year the world opened up to me and i really started exploring from there pretty much just hopped on any random trip my friends wanted to do uh, really took on the road life. Uh, I've taken a number of big road trips both around the U.S. and uh, over in Europe. And, yeah, I'm pretty excited to kind of dive in. I think one of the biggest things that my heart, you know, kind of beats for when it comes to stuff like this is being able to explain to my friends that are interested in traveling or like some younger people that are interested in traveling, how do you do it? You know, because it's, yeah, it's one thing if you have a wad of cash and you can just go and do it, but that's, you know, from what you guys have all said, and it holds true to myself as well, it's not as easy to just, you know, poof, uh, make cash appear. I wish it worked like that in some ways, but also I don't because it's definitely made me um, have to use my resources a little bit more. So I think that what we're all hoping to get out of this podcast and hopefully being, uh, what we're able to pass on to the millions of viewers is um, some tips and just kind of some background story on like how do you make it happen you know, where do you make sacrifices in your personal lifestyle? What types of, you know, destinations are you looking for? Uh, some good things to just have kind of in your backpack. Um, you know, just some kind of go-tos that you would take anywhere and everywhere that make your trip easier, um, cheaper, whatever the case may be. So, yeah. I think that the first thing that's on anybody's mind, is especially when, you know, you're young, you're lacking a lot of resources, you're lacking a lot of connections. Like, there's just so many different roadblocks as to, like, how do I get started? Um, and, you know, what tools can I use to get started? And, that, I mean, you know, there's just not um, – it always seems like there's barriers to entry as to, like, who you should be talking to and what questions you should be asking them. So, yeah, to start th – to kick things off, most importantly, how do you get started traveling? What kind of planning do you – kind of goes in for you guys? Dude. It's it's actually funny. I don't know if you guys uh, went through this as well. I I just think it's very ironic that we're on this podcast right now because I remember being, you know, probably freshman year of college or something like that, and googling how to travel the world on a budget. Like I've I've gone through like many of those websites before, and you know here we are. You know, each of us twenty one countries. Mine's probably been seven years. Um, here we are talking about how to travel on a budget. And I just, I just think that's funny because, um, just seemed like yesterday's when I. You're an expert. I'm sure of it. <laughs> I don't know if I would say that, but I mean, I do think I get by pretty, pretty, uh, pretty cheap for the most part. Um, Ari, do you want to start off with some of your, 
your points yeah so i think i have a different experience as my two fellow friends over here brothers we're now brothers <laughs> ari get it right okay tell my, the world we are family because um, i have did most of my traveling through study abroad programs in my school and i think when you hear study abroad it kind of has a negative connotation of you need so much money it's going to cost like and you're going to need to save up for summers and summers and if you don't come from a wealthy family you won't be able to do it and i'm the first to sit here and tell you that i don't come from a wealthy family and even though i saved up over the summer i didn't save an exorbitant amount of money and honestly every time i studied abroad my tuition dropped 10 to fifteen thousand dollars a semester which is substantial and i think before you write off study abroad to definitely look into it and don't go conventional with it i mean everyone goes to italy everyone goes to london i mean i've been to both of those places i won't lie to you but um to study abroad in stranger places like i had the opportunity to study abroad in samoa and go to fiji and american samoa and that was my cheapest semester of school yet and undoubtedly my best experience. I mean, food is dirt cheap. The experiences were unlike anything I'd ever had before. The culture was unlike anything I'd ever experienced before. And it was my some of my fondest and probably the best two months of my life. And I only did that because I just randomly on my school's website searched study abroad programs. Samoa happened to pop up and I was like, you know what? Why not? So I think saying why not and putting in research, especially if you are college mm -hmm. age, into your study abroad, study abroad programs and go a little bit more outside mm -hmm. of the box with the countries that you choose to go to, I think will broaden your experiences and end up being cheaper in the long run. So, yeah, I think that's cool. I know I know when I was in school, I definitely had thought about studying abroad. I think I was going to go to Ghana and mainly because I heard about so many people who had studied abroad. And when you're studying abroad, you're like, like four days on usually, and then you're like three day weekends typically, and so you have so much time to travel. I went to school Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, <laughs> one class a day, and from Thursday on, I was free to do whatever I wanted to do. Right, which is wild. So that's, I mean, that's a big part of why. Like, and I heard most evenings were uh, spent with a hunk of burning love named Marcello. Cello, shout out, <laughs> we love you. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think. That's interesting because I definitely saw that as an option and I never took advantage of it. Um, I think my experience and um, I'll let Jake explain his. I know Jake and I have traveled together and have planned trips together. And uh, they just didn't know me yet. I probably would have been included in all of those trips had they not met me two weeks 100%. ago. hundred percent. Agreed. Yeah. We, well, I mean, we're already talking about trips. We're going to Peru apparently next week. So, um, yeah, we're don't worry. We'll, we're we're going to do a trip together for sure. Um my biggest thing for me is like when I'm planning, uh, I like to think about what things I can cut out. Um, and a big part of the reason I got into <laughs> Jake's over here pointing the mic like a gun. No, uh, not. Why would you say something <laughs> stupid as that? Um, actually, it's crazy for me. Like the biggest thing that got me into traveling is I watched a documentary and I would recommend anyone to watch it. It's called 180 Degrees South. And in that, this guy was about to settle down in corporate America. And, you know, he was telling his story about how he did it and, you know, how he would travel all the time. And a lot of it was just deciding to, like, eat eat ramen um, instead of, you know, eating steak. And you there's like ramen is like a subcategory to steak. Have you ever had my No, ramen? I know, but I'm saying it's cheaper, though. And actually, Francis, um, there's another guy, actually, I used to read his book. Um, his uh, He kind of got me excited about traveling as well but for me it's about all about saving money before and how what things i can cut out so 
I don't know. I think most people might not know this or might know this, but I don't know. I'm kind of, I wouldn't say cheap. I would say frugal um, just to make myself feel better probably. But I'm pretty frugal when it comes to like how well, I spend my money. Night. You ball out on your boy. I do, I've dude. I do. That, my boy. If it's on food and if it's cooking for you, Jake, we ball Thanks, out. Thanks, Poppy. Um, and that's a whole other segment we could talk about is how living together. Shout out J-Boys Cooking <laughs> Academy. And uh, Chef Boy RZ. Chef Boy RZ. Amen. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess, again, save money before. Like, what can I cut out? Because really, if you choose the right locale, a cheap place, like you're saying in American Samoa, you can, money can go a long, long way. Like, I mean, there's places I've gone to, and the most expensive meal I've had was 10 bucks, and it was two flaming yon wrapped bacon steaks with a salad and potatoes like and zach i think you're even talking about our bolivia trip right there yes and uh, i think we both did it for under 1900 bucks everything included for it's 17 think, days 17 days uh, i thought it was 1100 i thought yeah. it was cheaper blow it if you got it yeah you know? yeah, yeah. yeah and just speaking a little bit on that i mean bolivia is not your conventional vacation locale right. space but um i ended up going to spain and i went to barcelona and then i stayed in a little beach town outside and my flight was 24 euro round trip my airbnb for a week i think cost me 150 euro so i did the entire trip and i did cook for myself and kind of pick and chose when i went out to dinner and when i did you know expensive extravagant things but i still did so i think in total for that week it was my spring break i only spent you know 200 euro all said and done and I mean, that converts to about 225 US dollars. And, you know, it was amazing. And I got to experience yeah. so many things, but I did it on a budget. And $225 is something that you can save up if Easily. You, yeah, exactly. Easily. I mean, just cut a couple things out. Cut mm-hmm. Starbucks out for, you know, well, how many, like 100 days or something? Just. Zach, we know you're a basic white girl, but I can't cut stuff out like that that don't already exist in my budget. <laughs> That's, I'm, no, I don't go to Starbucks. I actually boycott Starbucks, but not a whole other thing. Um, <laughs> no, I think one of my cheapest trips was actually the Canary Islands in Spain. And um, Airbnb, like I know you, that was one of your things you had mentioned. Airbnb is huge. Like Airbnb and cheap flights. I mean, hop oh, yeah. on. It's called Skyscanner. You can essentially punch it in any location. So I just said Europe, and I said cheapest yeah. flight possible. And the 24 yeah. euro round trip flight popped up, and I said, you know what? I have a free weekend. Let me go. Yeah, let's let's talk about like flights. How so? I know. So you're saying Skyscanner. I used to use Student Universe, which gives you discounts if you're a student, and Kayak. Yeah, so Kayak, dude, that is my dojo. Yeah, I, dude, Kayak Explorer. I love using the tools on Kayak. And I think the whole key with flights is learning a little bit about how the whole system works. So generally, if you're buying middle of the week, early in the morning, uh, you're that's when you're going to get your best price at 60 days out from when you anticipate flying. That's almost 10 times out of 10 going to be your best bet. I think I found one occasion when buying flights where that didn't hold true and I was only losing out on 20 to 50 bucks. Um, But yeah, kayak, it just enables you to explore a bunch of different options. You can, you know, fly in and out of different cities and search them all against each other when you're doing it. And you can set up the notifications for it, which is something that you can do on a lot of these platforms. I know kayak's just my preference um i know how to use it the best out of all the other ones it's where i've spent most of my time and just kind of a tip of the trade whenever you look up flights do it on a private browser yeah because the more times you look at flights for certain locations they'll start to raise the flight prices and just another tip 
I traveled Europe a lot. I've been to a lot of European countries, and Europe does it great where they have a lot of cheap airlines, those being Ryanair and EasyJet, and you can get, I mean, it was expensive for me to get flights to countries that cost more round that cost more than 50 euro round trip. Yeah. It's so, just wild. Ryanair yeah. is insane. And even just kind of in that vein, um, when you're planning. So I know Zach and I, great example. When we were in Bolivia, there's like huge mountains that you could take a cheap bus on mm-hmm. and, but it might take 14 hours. Right. Uh, and you're on a bus, right. and that's probably the locals' bus. So you right. might be sitting next to a caged chicken. <laughs> um, or almost and I know Ari over. has her own experiences yeah. with the caged chicken, or you know, a plethora of them. And we almost slipped over. And we bus. almost slipped over in, on one of the buses. But all that to say is like, some of these hopper planes are your best bet, even if yeah. it's a little bit more expensive, because it's going to be more comfortable. You're going to get there quicker, and you can make, uh, you know, more ground on your trip. You know, from getting from A to B, yeah. um, you don't have to worry as much about some of the logistics. If you're on a long-term trip, I very highly recommend, you know, taking the bus, taking the, the public transit, yeah. you know, shared taxis, that sort of thing. But if you're on a timeline of anything less than two weeks, I would always suggest for some of the longer hauls, just taking a hopper plane if it's possible. Yeah. I think that's a big thing is being flexible. One, being flexible on your trip, being flexible before your trips, deciding – um, you know, your dates, because sometimes it might be a $300 difference between like one date and other. So if you have the time, like try to be flexible, look for those dates and times that, um, you know, maybe cheaper than, you know, going on Christmas or something. Cause I think we left, uh, we're talking about Bolivia a lot, but I think we left the day after Christmas and, um, got good, like flight, like cheap flights. Um, it actually may have been Christmas day. I can't remember, but yeah, be flexible. Yeah. And, um, plan ahead. I mean, I'm no expert, but I've I've booked flights the day before and they've been way more expensive than the flights that I looked at, you know, a month in advance because those are the those are the times where your flights are going to be cheaper whereas I booked my flight to Copenhagen and granted great place, but they were expensive as heck. Yeah, and I think kind of my last comments on planning are this. I think planning on the front end um a good bit you know, results like we've all kind of been talking about saving money, but you can also plan in spontaneous time. And so, for example, when I went to Ireland with our friend Taylor and Jordan, we had one week there. So we rented a car for three days and then we had a hostel booked for three days. And then the rest of it we did on the fly. So if you want that spontaneous adventure, I would still suggest doing some sort of planning like that. So when you show up to the uh, car rental desk, you're not getting bent over a barrel on the price, um, that sort of thing. Anything uh, that's going to require cash money, like accommodations, rentals, you know, car rentals or whatever, transportation really, doing your planning, knowing your numbers is best. Um, and sometimes you'll read in the forums that your best price is going to be on the street, but knowing what that price should be is good too so the local people don't try to you know bend you over a barrel yeah and that provides a pretty solid uh transition to what we're going to talk about next obviously i mean you know there's a lot of work on the front end that goes into figuring out what you're going to do um you, you know what your plans look like what things you want to accomplish once you get in country but i mean every everything can absolutely change once you get there um i know for like me personally like that's definitely been the case in a couple of different times um whether that be you know missed flights um unexpected closures um when i was studying abroad i mean it was in the middle um not in the middle thankfully but right at the end was right when the covid crisis kind of started to ramp up and ruin just about every one of our plans um but yeah so like 
def- so I guess in your guys's in your guys's experiences, I mean, what's some of the more important things to consider as far as your attitudes, your strategies, as far as um, you know, having making the most out of your time when you're actually there? Yeah, Jonah, I can also. I was also studying abroad uh, among the COVID nineteen pandemic, and I actually got stranded in country for about three weeks, and have no idea how I'm in America right now. But I think it speaks to how important flexibility is when you're traveling and being open to spontaneity because if you're one of those people who go into traveling with an itinerary that's minute by minute inevitably something's going to come up that's going to blow your itinerary out the window i mean definitely have set things that you want to do set locations that you want to visit but also give yourself a couple hours if not most of the hours of the day to just wander into coffee shops to wander into restaurants to wander into these monuments that are absolutely breathtaking or to hike up a random mountain that you happen to see in the distance it's being flexible it's being open to new adventure and it's being open to spontaneity that i think has made my travels just so much better yeah personally i am much more of an advocate towards trying to discover what it's like to be a local in that in that place um yes you can go to paris and go to the eiffel tower and go to some of like the louvre and all these awesome places um yeah i I mean i definitely would recommend it however like if you are in a budget like you know and you don't have the money at the time then maybe cut out some of those things like a big thing i know that i always like try to make sure i stay away from is like not doing tours i try to find like figure it out on my own um or just getting lost in a city like like you said like getting lost in a coffee shop in the art district um that's been one of the cool things about here is like we're you know walking around seeing where people you know interact um and another thing is just being be open be open to meet people to meeting people uh be open to being a little uncomfortable whether it's you know putting yourself in a situation where you have to talk to someone or you have to you know you maybe you're not staying in that five-star hotel that maybe you're used to um go stay in an airbnb like go or go stay in a hostel meet people like hostels are great for like they have communal games they have um there's one i stayed in bars or in madrid and they did a tour around the city a walking tour and you could meet like you know 15 other people who were traveling and then you could go to bars together um i think that's just like a big a big part for me is like just again just trying to discover what it's like to to live as a local which doesn't mean going to five-star restaurants five-star hotels um means just like getting fun in the hole in the wall places yeah and i mean also be open to meeting locals i think they obviously they know the city or the country that you're in better than you because you're just visiting for the weekend or visiting for the week or for the month but these people have lived there their entire lives and if you chat them up in a coffee shop and you happen to make a good relationship I've had so many times where I've just linked with somebody who I met that day and they cooked me a meal and they showed me around and they showed me these hole in a wall places that I otherwise never would have found. So yeah, be open. Sounds like uh, maybe you're using Tinder. (laughs) (laughs) Easy, Zach. Why would you talk about her sister like that? You banshee. I mean, it's a great resource. (laughs) Hey, you know, it, it is what it is. Um, yeah, I kind of actually have like some thoughts that maybe might be a little contrary to what you were even talking about, Zach. Um, as far as like money and stuff goes, um, once you're there, you're there. And I always ask myself the question sometimes, when will I ever be back here? There's so much of the world to explore. There's a good shot. I might not be back. So I save my money on the front end. And then if there's an experience or something like that, blow it if you got it. And I deal with the consequences on the back end. Which, again, I I do plan enough, and I know like 
what I spend my money on and it's good food and activities. Um, and so, yeah, as far as money goes, when you're actually on the trip, there's times to conserve money and I think times to spend it. Um, and that's really where like good planning comes in and your first couple trips, you may end up spending more than you anticipated and that's okay. It's, there's a learning process to this whole thing and you'll get better at decision-making as you continue to travel. Um, the other thing that I would say, you know, save money on, save your shopping for home. Don't do a bunch yeah. of like shopping for clothes and stuff like that. And, and unless of course, like that's your thing. Um, but if you're really there to experience culture and explore, save your shopping for home back in the States or wherever home is for you. And then also like accommodations. I am just not in the boat of spending money on a place to sleep. Um, you know, so I try to find a cheaper place to lay my head because I'm already planning on not being there for too long, uh, other than to maybe prepare a meal, um, and then roll out early in the morning to just, you know, kind of fill my days. And then Zach, I would totally agree with you on the whole locals thing and Ari as well. Ask the locals almost every place I've traveled. When you ask the locals or you just engage them, they're more than happy to you know, tell you where the good spots are to go, or a lot of them have a free day and they're like, yo, I can link up tomorrow if you want. For example, when I was in Croatia with my sister, we were backpacking around Europe a little bit. Um, the hostel we were in, we befriended this guy. He was a student and who had worked out a deal with the hostel for, you know, a cheap accommodation while he was studying. And he was like, yo, I've got class until like nine or 10 tomorrow morning. After that, you guys want me to take you to this sweet cliff diving spot? And we were like, of course. So we waited. He actually bought us lunch on his meal pass at his you know, school cafeteria. And then we walked on, uh, I don't know, a few miles. And I never in a million years would have known to go walking through this place. There was like a little ghetto by the sea, a little trailer park we walked through that looked abandoned. And then eventually you get to this just pristine, uninhabited, like cliff diving spot into the Mediterranean. And, um, you know, I know you guys have both been there, and it's just beautiful when you're when you're there. And I think the the places that I kind of enjoy the most and kind of seek out are some of the more like secluded ones where you're able to just like sit there and be, and you can really just soak in that moment. You know, sometimes I don't even take pictures at those times. You know, I just enjoy it for what it is. Um, and that's another thing. Don't get too wrapped up on your phone. I think that. You know, there's definitely Instagram can wait. I promise. Yeah, Instagram exactly. can definitely wait. Take your photo, you know, at the beginning and then put it away and go and explore and just be there, especially if you're with people. And then, you know, like a lot of people, you know, if you're in for to photography and stuff like that's totally like your vein and your avenue. Zach, I know you love taking pictures and stuff, so it's different. Um, but like if that's not you, don't worry about the photo as much because when you get home, people are going to look at the photo for a second, but they're going to listen to your stories for hours. Yeah, I mean, speaking to another crazy experience, my friend and I, you know, we're walking around Italy one day and passed upon a judo studio, and we both happened to be wearing workout gear, so we were, we were just, we rolled in. I mean, granted, this judo class was all in Italian. We didn't speak a lick at that point, yeah, awesome. but they accepted us with open arms. We took a lesson. I think we befriended all 21 of the people in the judo studio, yeah. and, you know, I ended up living in Italy for a year, and... During that year, those 21 kids who I met on day three became some of my best friends. And the experiences that I had with them, I never would have had if I didn't just decide to say, you know what, why not? Let me take this judo class on a Tuesday afternoon. So just definitely, yeah, be open, do cool things, and talk to locals. Yeah, I think um, another big point executing that I think is just, 
I think it's just important and I mean respectful. I think a lot of people. I mean, just from traveling, I know like Americans get a bad rap sometimes. Um, I do also know a lot of people who say Americans are some of the sweetest people they've met. Um, but I think a big portion of traveling is just spend some time learning a little bit, of, a little bit of the language, you know, just to get by. Um, one, it helps you out a ton. I'll tell you that. Um, and then th- like two, like people who just see that you're trying, I, sp- I promise you, unless you're in maybe a couple of countries, I promise you they're going to, res- yeah, that's what I, was gonna- I didn't want to say it, but yeah, France. Um, I promise you they'll, they'll appreciate it. You know, they'll probably start speaking to you in English, but they'll at least just be, wow, like this person at least tried. And I've seen that and like endless of times. And luckily enough for most English speakers, like we're super lucky that a lot of stuff is in English, especially over in Europe um, where the language can change, you know, um, country to country most oftentimes does. Um, But English is kind of like almost universal over there. So it is nice. Um, but I totally agree with you, you know, knowing some of the common language, trying to like assimilate in a way is like super helpful. And most people, you know, like laughter is a common language. So when you start right. to, to screw up your Spanish or whatever, like they laugh with you and then they're like, hey, you know, like this is how you say this. And then they're probably going to respond to you in English to help you out. Also take the time to make sure that you're being culturally appropriate because not every country has the same standards as America does. Like I spent time in Samoa and I spent time in Fiji and they're both more conservative countries. And yeah, even though it was 116 degrees outside, I was wearing long pants and I was wearing short sleeve shirts and I was wearing lava lavas, which are like skirt coverings. But you don't want to roll into I got one of those. <laughs> I'm not kidding you from Tonga, my boy. That's awesome. Shout out Drew Matua awesome. Pawaka. They're comfortable. I mean, it's, it's breezy. Yeet. Um, but yeah. between the kneesies. <laughs> Take the time to be culturally appropriate because you don't want to be that person who everyone is staring at because you're not wearing the right thing or you're not saying the correct things or you just walk on like a historical holy monument that you're not supposed to be touching, but you're touching because you don't know. So yeah, do the research beforehand and that goes with planning and execution. Like if you know that you shouldn't be wearing shorts, don't wear shorts. Yeah, just real quick, dude. You're not that important. Don't like. Don't sign your name on a national monument. I really, I can't say that anymore. Just, just don't. Just look at it and walk away. No, and that's like definitely something that I think you know we've probably all grown in as young people too. Is like you know the first thing I'm thinking. Oh my gosh, look at everybody that tagged this thing, you know. But then like as you grow up and stuff, then you kind of realize like, oh man, yeah, as cool as it would be to sign my name on this, it's like wildly disrespectful and like if everybody does it then it's ruined unlike cadillac ranch which we were just touring through there you know like where it's encouraged to spray paint everything and it's even just like hiking trails you know like there's plenty of times where i love kind of bushwhacking my own trail and finding my way but as i've grown older a lot of times i will try to just stick to the trail especially in places where they have a hard time with vegetation um and so that just kind of adds to your point zach of like yeah you know there's sometimes, you know, where it's fun to break the rules and that's cool. And believe me, I am a rule breaker. Um, but there's plenty of times where like being the rule breaker is not actually cool. And over time, if everybody's the rule breaker, it will ruin it for the generations to come. Yeah, it's not cool at all. I mean, I can't say I've been 100 percent perfect with this. When I was in Samoa, we had the opportunity to go to Namua Island and we were out there secluded on the island. Me and my study abroad group were the only people there. So we were like why not go skinny dipping right so we all go skinny dipping into the water and later we climb out and the next day our academic director kind of circles us around and she's just like you know 
that was highly disrespectful to the spirits and the ancestors who live on this island. And it's one of the mm. things that the people who so kindly let us stay in these beach fillets asked visitors not to do. And we were just so stupid not to think about it and just to go through with it because we thought it was something fun to do. And, you know, ended up not only hurting their feelings, but hurting our academic director's feelings and disappointing people. So, yeah. I mean, just be considerate. It, it doesn't take that much time and effort. But also know that if you do screw up, you're not a terrible person. People are human. We're not perfect. Right. Yeah. Like uh, when I was in China, I made the great decision of hopping onto Google, which here also is is banned in China, and uh, googling uh, Tiananmen Square massacre, which is um, a thing that is not talked about in China. And uh, sure enough, I woke up the next day, and my phone had a six-digit passcode on it, um, which I've never used a six-digit passcode. So, yeah, I mean, just like being respectful, it's something I probably didn't need to do. I was just curious to see what would come up. Um, but just, I think like you're saying, all right, just respect like where you're at. Like, I don't know, curiosity will try to push you to do certain things. And sometimes it's like fun and worth it. Like, you know, going off and exploring somewhere maybe you shouldn't. But um, also there's times where you got to know, be mature enough to say, okay, I probably shouldn't do this. I don't need to. I think the last comment for me as far as execution um would be is we've we've kind of danced around it a little bit tagged on it a little bit it's just um your plan is going to go wrong mm. at some points uh maybe you run into some sort of like mechanical issue if you've got a, a rental sickness. car you <laughs> run into a sickness or whatever you know or man something that you know an accommodation is totally different than you anticipated or whatever and the worst thing you can do is just get butthurt about it I mean, that's just going to like dampen your day and dampen the rest of your trip if you let it. So, you know, my biggest piece of advice, and this is something that I think you have to grow in and go through multiple times to be able to like actually grow in the opportunity is like, hey, take it in stride. Just start figuring it out. And let me tell you, it's always going to be a great story. And those are going to be the better memories and the funnier ones, uh, even if it doesn't seem so uh, in the time. And if you have the time, don't be afraid to take a day off. Like, I know when we had traveled, um, we had, you know, two friends who got sick. One threw up, like, 30 times, and we had to take – we were forced to take a rest day. And, honestly, it, like, made the trip that much better because, you know, we were there for 17 days, and we said, okay, like, I mean, instead of, you know, getting up and going and going and going, which I know sometimes is very, like, um, exciting to do, like, just taking time for yourself so you don't burn out by that last day um, is actually very helpful. Yeah, that's kind of a pretty easy, pretty easy little transition to where we're at right now, currently as well. Kind of uh, stranded, not exactly stranded, but um, strategically, paused, uh, <laughs> strategically in paused in Big Bear, California. Um, we've gotten this chance to kind of like, I mean, as we've spent pretty close to the last three or four weeks on the road, just consistently day after day, whether that be pounding the pavement in Oklahoma City or taking nine-hour drives to get through to get from Arizona to California, going through national parks and that sort of stuff. Um, I think that for me personally, like reflecting on it, I've, it's, it's been nice to kind of have that time to slow down, reflect on what we've done so far, um, translate those kind translate those kind of uh, lessons into what I need to do in the future, into what I need to do in the future to like improve my um, improve my experiences in the future. And, you know, that's one of the biggest things that that's kind of like the missing piece that a lot of people don't get from travel. Like they'll go and they'll expect, they'll go and they'll have an incredible experience in Bolivia, in Samoa, in all of these different places, but they don't quite have that last final step. Like the high's gone once they step back off the plane in LAX or Chicago or O'Hare or whatever. Right? right. So in your guys's experiences, I mean, what's kind of been, you know, 
not just the experience itself, but like the really the source of growth, the takeaway that's really come from each that's, um, you know, made the most the, the biggest impact for you so far. I'll start this off with something that no, you won't. Go ahead, Jack. most people probably will be maybe I'll a little more it. like surprised about. Um, my honestly biggest takeaway is the fact that traveling isn't everything like you could go somewhere and be disappointed. Um, it doesn't necessarily create you like make you the happiest person in the world. Um, I think you learn a lot and like it's super exciting, um, but it won't, you know, take away your problems. I think that's a big thing for me. Uh, so like just going in and trying to enjoy it and saying like, okay, even if I go travel in Madagascar, um, my life's not going to be like the most exciting thing because of it. But if you go into it, just appreciating it for what it is, letting it be, um, something unique and something that you're kind of going in with, like not too many expectations, like let it be what it is and not say like, man, this isn't enough for me. Um, just enjoy it for, for itself. Um, and meet people, be open-minded, uh, just soak it in. Um, I guess that's such a big, like an important part of it is just, you know, um, yeah, taking you, taking it at face, at face value. Yeah. And I think funny enough, traveling has made me appreciate where I grew up Mm. so much more because when I left and I'll be entirely honest, when I left for my freshman year of college, I wanted to get as far away from New Hampshire as humanly possible. And Florence, Italy was pretty far, but I think by the end of it, I just had an intense appreciation for the mountains that I grew up climbing and the trees I grew up falling out of and, you know, the rivers and waterfalls that I used to dive into as a kid. And, you know, walking back into New Hampshire after I got off the plane, I was like, whoa, I'm so excited to be back here. And I just looked at it, it looked at it through a completely different lens, but also like travel taught me that other cultures matter that just because i'm american i'm not the most important person in the world that you know going with the flow is gonna create like some lifelong memories that adventure is always out there whether or not it's in your backyard or whether or not you board a plane to another country and that you know don't be afraid i mean i am i am a girl and i've done plenty of solo travel and i remember being terrified the first time i got on a flight by myself to go to another country to explore by myself but you know the world as much as it is a scary place is also filled with so many great people who are willing to help and to take that leap and to go do solo travel especially as a female is something that I'm always going to hold on to and that I highly recommend so yeah take that leap don't be afraid and adventure is always out there Damn, preach jeez that was amazing it definitely makes familiar places a lot cooler Cause then you like, you end up exploring your hometown a little bit more, you know, like, and you're like, Oh wow. I didn't even know this place existed. I would, you know, always been from Richmond. It's where my parents still live today. Um, and I'm still finding like little nooks and crannies. You know, I grew up North of the city by about, you know, 30 minutes or so. Um, but gosh, now that I have friends that live down there, I worked down there for a little while finding all sorts of cool things. And so I think that that just kind of even speaks to the if you want to be this adventurer, this traveler, live the adventure. Like the adventure isn't just on the road. And I think that's kind of what you guys are all hitting on too, um, is like, dude, your life can be kind of a wild uh, traveling adventure journey type thing. Um, It's just, I think it's this mindset that you gain from doing a little bit of traveling that can kind of transfer into being a traveler just right in your own backyard. Um, 
And I think there's a difference between travel and vacation. And I think it's just helpful to know like your type of person. You know, if you really are just wanting to go and kick it and vacation, then do that. Um, you know, cause kind of like you, what you were saying, Zach, like you don't want to just go somewhere and, you know, be disappointed. Like if you wanted a vacation, but you know, you end up traveling, like they're two different things. Um, and I think that they bring to light different things as well. Um, but I think for myself, you know, traveling is traveling's the adventure and vacations, the relaxation, you yeah. know? Yeah. And I mean, I think as much as it is the places that you see and the experiences that you have, Traveling has made me just appreciate the people I'm with at a like a level that I never otherwise would have because really at the end of the day solo travel is great like I will totally recommend it until I'm blue in the face but the adventures that I've had with other people whether or not those were strangers I met on the street whether or not it was my boyfriend whether or not it was my friends being able to share a memory with somebody is makes it just that much sweeter and yeah I mean people are great and people have stories and don't ever knock anybody because you're like, oh, I, I, you know, I'm a person who likes being by myself because I was one of those people, but now I enjoy traveling with people more than I do by myself. Yeah, that's how I am too. I mean, some of the best moments are just playing cards in your, like your Airbnb or your hostel or something. I, I honestly, I really like what you're talking about. Like everyone has a story. That's a big thing for me. Like be open and like willing to learn about other other people's stories because i think that's one of the biggest things that helps you come back and just like make you like it changes your worldview makes you more of an empathetic person you realize that like like you're saying this like the center you're not the center of the universe there's different foods to try um there's like different culture in the world like and i get if you like your culture and you want to stay in your culture um and that's fine but like, I think also knowing that there's other things out there just helps you like appreciate life and you know your everything you go through a little more. But also, just because you're traveled does not mean that you're better than the person no. who hasn't traveled. Because you know, I've met people who have never been to another country besides the United States, and they are so much more of a worldly person than yeah. I am. So don't because you went to Spain or because you went to London think that you are all high and mighty yeah. because you know you aren't and. You know, people, some people travel, some people don't. And just because people don't travel doesn't mean that you're better than them. Exactly. hundred percent. Another thing for me with takeaway is when you're going into a trip, consider what you want. Do you want quality or do you want quantity? And not to say that one's better than the other. Um, I'll bring it back just because Jake's here to Bolivia. We thought about going Yeet. to uh, Bolivia, Peru and Chile, but we decided that there's so much to do in Bolivia. We decided just to do one country. And yes, it would have been cool. My passport to have three other countries. And I could have said I went to 23 instead of 21. But um, I think we just really cherished our time in the one place and explored it, I guess, a little more deeply than it would be just like going here, driving here, taking that picture and then leaving. Um, And that's okay too. Some people like to see quantity. You know, if you're in Europe, maybe you want to knock out, you know, 10 countries instead of just doing one um which is fine too but just consider i think it's an important part of like deciding like what type of traveler you are um to coin to use the term that you coined yeah for sure and i think even just with that bolivia thing that kind of you know brings us even full circle to the planning part we realized like yo if we try to put this down on a calendar and look at the travel time between each of them and stuff it just it going to make it horrendously difficult to get from A to B and back to C and yada 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 but just my two cents on the group versus solo the people are the adventure 
is what I've like really come to realize. Most of the trips I have taken are with people and it can make it a little bit harder um, in some ways, but and a little bit easier in others. And I think it's the same with solo. It makes there are some aspects that are very easy and some that are very hard by being, you know, solo traveler. Um, my recommendation is, man, get in the argument with your friend and you know live a lifetime, uh, you know, enjoying their their friendship and relationship. For me, um, the solo travel is like a really cool way to see a lot you know, in like a shorter amount of time because the only person you really have to be super concerned with is yourself. Um, and when you're in a group, you know, you got to you gotta move a little bit slower. You got to be a little bit more methodical. You got to make sure that there's accommodations for your squad and stuff. But I think it's worth it um, so much. I think every group of people that I've either traveled with or an individual that I've traveled with, whether it be a road trip across the U.S. or backpacking with my older sister across Europe, like, man, I am in good contact with every single person that I've traveled with. And, you know, there's just things you experience on the road that you just don't experience. It's almost like roommates, you know, like there's things that you experience with roommates that you just don't experience, even with some of your best of friends. So my recommendation is generally group um, or like partner travel um, over solo. But I do think the beauty of solo travel is it it, it kind of opens the door for more like spiritual experience, a more soul searching experience. So I'm not saying no to that. I'm saying generally speaking, I lean more towards group. Um, and then you know when my heart is needing it, I'll go so, in on the solo yeah. adventure. Um, one last thing, which I, this is a little more from the planning, but I think we missed some of it. I just want to like let you guys know who are listening. Um, just some resources that if you are considering travel and maybe you haven't saved up the money, here are some other options that you can use, uh, to go to travel, uh, whether for work or for, you know, yeah, here's, here's some other resources. So internships, uh, working holiday visas, which is a thing I don't think many people know about, but it's a year abroad. Um, and it's just simply applying online. Uh, work stays so like you can work at a hostel sometimes and it'll let you stay there for free uh, wolfing which is also um, a work stay but it's for organic farming um, couch surfing uh, work as an au pair uh, and or study as Ari did whether it's for school or whether it's a language yeah work away is another great program you pay an initial $50 fee for the year and you have programs all over the world in which they will give you accommodation and they will pay for your food in return for you working. That could be you take out their trash. That could be you work at the hostel. That could be one of my buddies, she taught people how to surf and she was had her food and her accommodation paid for and she lived in Portugal all summer and I think she spent a total of like a $100. Granted, I don't know how she did that, but she did. But yeah, I think to wrap it up, I mean, as cliche it is, as it as it sounds just do it because you're not going to regret it at the end of the day yeah so just like my final comments i know ari was even just chatting about it and shared her experience as a student studying abroad zach has worked in other areas um whether it was just like an educational program or just like actual work um for me i worked before i went um so at you know this was my like sacrifice um was i would at one point in college, I had three part-time jobs. I would save up my money and then I would go. And so then for my trips, it was just pretty much just all fun. But that was primarily because my trips were, you know, pushed into a week, two weeks, maybe a month. 
Um, the longest one I did was the two months in Europe with my sister. Um, and so that's just like kind of another take on it. You know, like you can work part-time jobs in college if you want to. And I mean, gosh, some of the part-time jobs I worked are, you know, where I met people that I would travel with. Um, <clears throat> so working before you go to and working part-time gigs in college is kind of easy. Um, there's, you know, it's, it's just a matter of how you want to balance your schedule and that sort of thing. And, you know, of course, when you're working, that means you're not doing something else. And it's just, you know, kind of what do you want to prioritize? Absolutely. And those are all, I've pretty much covered the gambit as far as you possibly could, at least in the uh, almost 48 minutes we've covered so far. Um, but, you know, obviously all relatively all relatively young people, I mean, we're brought together by a trip that was, you know, our kind of brand of out there um once in a lifetime sort of experience um so naturally i'm sure you guys have some pretty interesting responses as to the question you know what's next what's next on the i mean that can be either what's next or what um you know which dream are you going to try and chase next as far as travel is concerned um well i have quite a list of some things that i'd like to do um i think one of them i'll just kind of rapid fire some of these off um these are just some kind of like dreams that I've got and things that I'm starting to actually put like some time towards planning. I would like to do like a scooter tour. Um, I would love to just shred on a moped um, from Cape Horn, South Africa to Cairo, Egypt. Um, There is slowly but surely becoming a like kind of through fare that you can take. Kind of got the inspiration actually from this like 70 year old dude that was in a youth hostel in Poland and he was telling me about this like luxury safari tour that he took from you know Cairo to uh, Cape Horn. I was like, "Frick, dude! I would love to just get a scooter and do the same thing with a couple of my boys." Um, uh, as some people may already know, um, one of the dreams with the school bus, the Magic Zoom bus, Zoom bus, um, has been to travel North and South America, um, doing a podcast out of it um, as we go just enjoying traveling to every country, taking our time, whether it takes a year or two. And the big, biggest hurdle there that we, that I don't even want to figure out the answer to until we're there is the Dorian Strait um, between Panama and South America, you know, basically drug cartel run, but uh, nothing I can't handle. Um, <laughs> so there's that. And then uh, my buddy, shout out Chrissy V. Uh, we got uh, an idea to ski some of the like melting glaciers um, that are, already melting away and stuff like that so shout out to green initiatives um but we're trying to enjoy them before they are gone and then another idea with chrissy v is um kite skiing greenland um is is another one of them and then one of my more recent ones is hiking the like og silk road Mm -hmm. um i think would be pretty epic as well so i don't know i think i would really like to kind of hit one mega trip on each continent basically and um you know until i come up with a good idea for like australia or antarctica or something like that i'm not gonna like push it uh i kind of like to have my dreams come to me i'm not one of the people that has to check every country off the list or every continent off the list you know unless like i think it's a killer idea so those are some of the things that i got in the uh lineup in the bullpen for me, I think the I'll do rapid fire as well. Um, the thing that's I guess the closest tangible thing is um, getting my I'm actually in the process of applying for 
school in Switzerland. So either doing studying ab- abroad in so- Switzerland for two years, um, or I'm also applying for my visa to move back to Canada, uh, move to the island of the uh, Vancouver Island, to Victoria, the city. Um, and I'm also I just got certified to teach English uh, as a foreign language. So also traveling with that, whether to Spain, Poland, really anywhere you, you can go. And that's another way to fund your trip is by teaching English. So those are kind of the tangible ones. But some of the, I guess, the bigger trips I want to hit um, are maybe seeing the seven great migrations. Um, I, I'm a big advocate or like super for wanting to see like wildlife or just like the nature of like places. So whether it's getting to Nepal and seeing the Himalayan mountains or getting to Southeast Asia or Australia, seeing some of the coral reef and just like some of the amazing, amazing wildlife and, and things that, uh, the nature and the beauty of that. But my number one trip is, and this is going to happen one day. Uh, you guys can hold me to it is Mongolia. I want to go live with the nomadic tribes in Mongolia for probably a year. That's my that's my number one. Well, my next year is going to sound pretty lame in comparison because, you know, I'm a, about to be a senior in college and I haven't lived in the same place for the past three years for three months at a time. And quite truthfully, I'm a little burnt out. So I'll be heading back to New York to finish up my college degree and, you know, hopefully graduate walking the stage. Hopefully it's not a Zoom graduation. Thanks, COVID. Shout out to you for that one. But um, I think after college, after I graduate, one of my biggest dreams has always been to, through work away, each month for a year, live in a different country for a month, work my butt off, make some money, and then do each continent. I mean, maybe sans Antarctica because, you know, it's really cold there. But, I mean, we'll see. But, yeah, that is probably my biggest dream would be to just travel for a year straight and then to quote-unquote settle down i guess who knows (laughs) those are all those are all uh pretty pretty solid plans i think i'm gonna have to definitely steal or at least piggyback on a couple of those but uh thanks thanks again so much for uh hopping in today guys i mean obviously your knowledge and your knowledge has proven to be pretty uh, uh inexpendable so far on this trip and i'm sure that'll be the case going forward we thank you jonah for putting together yet another great production of new road new roads (laughs) Exactly. Thanks so much, guys. See you next time. Many thanks to Ari Devine, Zach Baxter, and Jake Harris for popping into New Roads today and sharing their vast wealth of travel knowledge with us. Uh, I hope that you guys took away as much from this pod as I did. I'll certainly be doing a little bit more uh, conscientious research to make sure that my, uh, <laughs> my, my travels are where I want them to be when I'm at Jake and Zach's age. Uh, Thanks again for tuning in to New Roads. Uh, As always, you can help us out by subscribing to the feed, dropping a review on Apple or Spotify, and um, feel free to check out the grind we've covered so far on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. All of those tags will usually be under Zune Garden Bus Tour or Jordan Jordan O'Donnell Author. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.